Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. We can collectively heave a huge sigh of relief. Spring is here! Gardens up and down the UK are revealing glimpses of the season to come and this gentle crescendo of colour will only get better as the weeks and months pass by. Snowdrops, aconites, cyclamen and hellebores will gradually give way to irises, crocuses, daffodils and fritillaries. These displays, whilst diminutive in stature, are brazen in colour. And let's not forget the more sizeable camellias, azaleas and rhododendrons, along with forsythias, shenomalies, wisteria, cherries, lilacs and a plethora of other less mainstream plants. As spring unfurls, we're in for a guaranteed sensory bombardment. With discussions about all these plants and many more on the cards, join us now as we transport you into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Well, we've had two stupendous days here at Bewley in Hampshire. For those of you who listen to us regularly, we are at Gardener's World Spring Fair in Bewley, Hampshire. And I'm sitting on a bench in the Victorian Flower Garden with Lucy. It's so nice to see you, Lucy. And you look you look beautiful in the sunshine. Oh, my goodness. That's a good way to start. Can we start every podcast like that? <laughs> I, w- I wish. Do you know, it's, a nice, it's nice to actually sit in a garden... Yeah, and do the just, podcast. And do a gardening podcast. It's quite novel, isn't it? Yeah. And we're surrounded here by the most beautifully trained plants. This area that we're sitting in now is the flower garden, which Saul has been talking to the public about for the last two days. So you know this, this area inside out, but I haven't explored it too much yet. We've got the most beautifully trained roses, some fantastic topiary. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I've been giving tours of the kitchen garden, which has been absolutely wonderful. I'm so enjoying waxing lyrical about my absolutely favourite subject. I'm a bit done in. We've done the talk 12 times now. We've got six more to go tomorrow. I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Yeah, so... I, know, I know Lucy's been requesting custard creams, but if anyone's got two new pairs of feet <laughs> just hidden in their lockers, they could bring them along tomorrow, then I'd be very, very grateful. Yeah, we're sitting in the Victorian flower garden. Now, the history behind this garden is that a monorail was built. It's a shame that I think the monorail's gone to sleep now, so you're not going to hear it. It's one of the few gardens in the UK I've seen with a working monorail going around. It adds something to it. But when the monorail was created in the late 70s, Lord Montague, whose family owns Bewley, uh, wanted something a bit more um, aesthetic to look at. Apparently, it was an overgrown space because uh, it was a market garden owned by a, 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 an old market gardener who had died a few years previously and had overgrown. So Kelvin, who is the head gardener here, who you've yes, been with and got I've been to with know, him, yeah, for the last couple of days, he has been charged since 1989 with actually rebuilding the garden. And I've got to say, for a one man, well, it's not just one man. I know they've got a six man team, He's but Kelvin's been a one wow. man manager. Yeah. He has created such an awesome space. The Victorian flower garden split into four corners with a central fount- fountain. So it very much looks like a, a walled garden. But in one corner, there is these beautiful Dave Austin roses that have been trained beautifully. Yeah, I can vouch for that. I'm very impressed. Behind us, we have a set of topiary in the style of Alice in Wonderland. So you've got the Mad Hatter, you've got Alice, you've got all the rabbits. And it's pre- trained um, in Ligustrum Delaveum, which is a uh, Delavi privet, which makes... A really interesting subject, but a lot better than box to get the detail work into. It's a small leaf privet. It's a very small leaf privet. Yeah, it's lovely. It looks fabulous. And then we've got a lovely wisteria tunnel. Uh, Unfortunately, even though we've had quite warm days, the wisteria hasn't quite come on, which is a shame. I was hoping to be able to wax lyrical about that. 
And then in the other corner, we've got a very interesting heather garden. And I've been waxing lyrical about heathers because I think they're on the comeback. If you've been down to RHS Wisley recently, you'll see their new heather garden at the end of Arboretum. And it is absolute picture. Best part of Wisley, in my, in my opinion. So I've been trying to get people onto heathers. I think I've got about 50-50 reaction. <laughs> Most people... They are a bit marmite Yeah, screwing their face up at them. But a lot of people Aww. coming round to them yeah. as, as a thing. And then down the spine is a double herbaceous border, which Dan, who I've been working with, uh, who looks after the flower garden, uh, recreated since 2017. And he's doing a really nice job of creating this blue, silver, purple border. Mm. And the really interesting thing is it's uh, the spine of the garden is this purple copper beech hedge, which is really interesting. A light pink in early spring and then a really dark background to most of the plants. So that's sort of a, a little tour of the flower garden. Now, you've been in the veg garden, haven't you? I have. I've, like I say, I've been in my element. I've been for the last two days talking to all manner of wonderful gardeners about growing fruit and veg i've also been waving at the people in the monorail <laughs> much to <laughs> kelvin's disgust so kelvin the head gardener here has been head gardener for at least 30 years at Bewley. so the novelty for him of the monorail and waving at it is slightly worn off but for me two days in i'd not visited Bewley before i'm very excited about it and if you wave at people they wave back it's just so lovely <laughs> uh, and shout out to uh, well, yeah. lee Connolly, the yeah, skinny thanks, jean gardener for heckling <laughs> us in in the mono that is the first time i've ever been heckled from a monorail it might be the in last a garden well. it probably will be yeah so, but yeah i should say that the, the kitchen garden um which as i say kelvin and i have been giving tours of is is just beautiful there are two sizable greenhouses there's one that's a lean-to and in there they've got some wonderful uh, Muscat of Alexandria grapevines that are well over 100 years old. They've got a fantrain peach, a fantrain nectarin. I'm very annoyed with Kelvin because he's got peaches that are bigger than yeah, mine wow. by miles. His are already the size of uh, a walnut. Uh, this is because they're in the glass house. And mine at home at East Dolan Hall, which are out, they're still on the south facing wall, but they're on. Um, we've got no glass over the top, they're outside. They've just finished setting fruit and the fruits are about pea size. So, yeah, and he keeps bringing it up on every single top. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we've had a bit of banter, it's been great. We've also been looking at another greenhouse which grows loads of tomatoes. He's also got aubergines, sweet peppers, chilli peppers. There's, a, there's an avocado in there that's been quite a talking point. Oh, I haven't but, seen that. Oh, yeah, the avocado oh. is pretty good. And it's, it was owned by someone quite famous, but I won't name drop. I won't do that. Um, but also in the against the South Wall has been something that caught your eye when you first came here for the recce, which is a banana. Musa. Yeah. Um, now, you know the species. Musella lasiacarpa. There it can be also Musa lasiacarpa, but mm. it's known as the lotus banana. Yeah, it's in full flower at the moment. Yep. And it's one of the hardiest bananas you can grow in the UK. It looks great. It's literally like a kind of triffid with a big yellow flower on top. And the only way you can tell it's a banana at the moment is by the, the characteristic Musa leaves. They're big paddle-like leaves that are all suckering up from the base. He's also got a lemon growing permanently outside in full fruit. And I have threatened, and he's... Finally, I think after about tour number seven, realised I was serious in that when we get to tour number 18, which is the, the last one we do on Monday, uh, sorry, on tomorrow, which is the last day of the show on Sunday, I'm going to ceremoniously harvest one of those lemons, plonk it straight into a G&T. Oh, wow. Yep. There's Job nothing done. better than growing your own lemon outside in the UK on a southern. It is on a <laughs> south-facing wall, it so is. it does benefit from the uh, from the residual heat in the bricks. But I yeah. uh, couldn't think of anything better than cutting that off and, and sticking it in your G and T. I can't, and I'll tell you what it's like tomorrow. 
okay at about 4 30 on the on the dot when we finish so now Bewley's very well known for its motor museum and it's obviously a visitor attraction they have big car day events here and obviously we've got gardeners world spring fair but I've got to say, if you do come, do come down and see the gardens. I think mm. they're a hidden gem yeah. of this whole place. And although we've been in the uh, flower garden and the vegetable garden, there is a bigger estate. There's actually some really nice meadows. A lot of early interest. There's a huge swathe of daffodils on the outside. Some, some really interesting areas. Now, you've talked about the greenhouses. Mm-hmm. There's actually quite a fair amount of veg that he's growing isn't there oh there's some lovely stuff there um they're on a um a lighter soil here and in the sunny side of the kitchen garden there's things that like the drought like asparagus we've got lots of artichokes but then also he's got a gentle slope a gradient of the kitchen garden so there's a shadier and a moister side and i've been bang i bang on to anyone who listened to me about the importance I, I, i haven't noticed <laughs> the importance of growing your fruit and veg in an environment that's actually what they like such as we've got these muscat grapes in the south facing wall the nectarines and the peaches anything that's packed full of sugar so there's the fig there as well and then on the shady side and it's thank goodness that kelvin's planting concurs with what i've been talking about (laughs) (laughs) which is very handy that would have been awkward that would have been a little bit awkward um yeah we've got rhubarb we've got things like the brassica cage we've got the leeks we've got celeriac celery all those things that either are very leafy or in the ground a long time and like continual moisture supply. And then there's also Morelio cherries and rhubarb when it comes to the fruits. So, yeah, it's 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 a lovely growing space. He's also got this fantastic bean walkway. And I would love to come back and see that in July and August when it's absolutely adorned. Is that with, with the oak? The, o- these the oak bespoke structure. oak structure. Yeah, wow. It looks incredible. It stands must stand about eight foot tall and it's, it's arranged into a big t-shape it's a called they call it the bean cross and yeah borlotti beans um yard long beans runner beans all sorts of things would be grown up that along with trombuccino which is that lovely oh yes uh, squash that grows a bit i think like a saxophone i'm going to say that because i know that one of our uh, gardening colleagues did a wonderful video of him doing a george michael impression with his saxophone and the saxophone was a trombuccino so <laughs> since i've seen that video that sticks in my mind uh, and they're a fantastic huge squash that goes about a meter long they're going to be climbing all over that that arbor it's just going to be a wonderful a wonderful site they've got so many as well so many cardoons and artichokes just a massive bed that lord montague must absolutely love globe artichokes and hollandaise sauce <laughs> because there's a phenomenal amount of them there and it's interesting we we hear about how they supply the um the local uh, uh public house with the vegetables and how they're yeah. because they can harvest them and get them to the kitchen so quickly the flavor in the kitchen they 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 sort of say that you know they're absolutely delicious and it's, it's testament to the growing skills of, of the garden staff here but also the freshness that you can get when you harvest and eat things really really quickly so yeah and do you know one thing also that i've found fascinating and i keep banging on to all the visitors who who will listen here on the tours about this the water source oh yes the kitchen garden and i am massively envious of this yeah very it's a spring up on a hill about a kilometer away the monk's recognized the spring built a reservoir and then they used elm tree trunks carved out the center and made a, a, a piping system a kilometer long from the hilltop into the garden and that's now obviously the, the elm um, has now been replaced by um i think it's cast iron piping and what kelvin's hoping is to replace it ultimately with plastic piping yeah. because the cast iron splits but 
Isn't that amazing? A gravity-fed, spring-fed yeah. water source for your garden. I mean, if I had that at the hall, I would be so happy. And the head pressure so much that they actually have a fountain. They have two or three yeah. fountains where the, uh, the fountain can rise to about, well, six feet. So it just shows you the head pressure. And the water's really, really clear here, which is, which is really nice. And obviously they don't have to pay for it, which is something us gardeners are going to have to think about in the future. I've been banging on about rainfall capture and rainfall harvesting and how we should all have downpipes and gutters and water butts on every single building that we have in our garden, from our greenhouses, sheds, garages, to the flipping house. Don't forget the house. That's a big old roof space. Yeah, definitely. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm getting that message across because what falls from the sky, and I, I'm, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek because nothing's fallen from the sky in Essex during April. It's actually been a completely it's been weeks controversial in April. as well, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that rainfall harvest that you can do is so important. I've also been really uh, bigging up my husband. <laughs> I know, I, I love Ian. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Ian, a couple of Christmases ago, I said to him, I said, darling, please, can I actually be given this this present for Christmas? And he's like, really? Is he really? What? Are you serious? Am I going to get told off? I actually, gen- is this a trick? Am I, if I buy this for you, you're going to get really cross because it's quite practical. Uh, a retractable hose pipe, 40 metres in length, changed my world. So uh, anyone who was uh, scratching their head for the next birthday or Christmas present, I can highly recommend a retractable hose pipe. Oh, what an old romantic Ian is, the retractable <laughs> hose pipe. No, Works for me. The flower garden isn't quite as well developed. Uh, same with the veg garden, that's going to develop m- more and more over the next few weeks. So I highly recommend if you are coming down to Hampshire and you're coming down to this part of the world and you're visiting Bewley, mm. maybe in the next, say, two, three weeks, especially the rose garden, oh, yeah. the herbaceous is going to start flowering, the wisteria will be in full flower. That will be amazing, yeah. wisteria. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be really well worth coming. And if you do come in, look out for Dan or Kelvin. Oh, they're lovely. Tell them that we sent them. And Joe. Oh yes, Joe's Joe as well, We've, and they do have three other members of staff. But if you do see them, say that we've sent you to come <laughs> and see the garden, and they will give you a personal two-hour tour <laughs> of the whole estate <laughs> for for very little money. Um, but yeah, no, all joking aside, it's really well worth if you're coming to the National Motor Museum. Don't just stay up by the mm. visitor attractions, by the cafe. Take a little wander down towards the, the house. Come and see the kitchen garden. And come and see the flower garden. Also, there's a beautiful um, seasonal bedding display that runs down the centre, the spine of the gardens, mm. uh, that they will soon be changing over to the summer bedding. So well worth seeing before it does that. But uh, give Kelvin a, a, a good slap on the back because he's actually doing wonders here. And I'm sure he's going to spend many more decades doing wonders as well. Right, we're going to head up to the actual show site and talk about the show itself. Let's do that. So we're now sitting atop a hummock. A hummock? A a lovely hummock of turf. We both actually fell up it, which goes to show the energy levels that we have at the end of the working day. We're a bit done in. But we're now looking at the, the, the show site of uh, BBC Gardener's World Spring Fair at Bewley. We're surrounded by lovely marquees and nurseries and plants and people who are full of knowledge and the odd food store that we've spied up as well. So we're going to talk about the different elements that are here at the show. The show by the time this podcast goes out tonight, there'll be one more day of the show tomorrow when you can buy tickets and turn up on the day and buy those. 
Um, I believe there actually might still be some spaces on the tour for solanized yeah. uh, flower and kitchen garden tours. So it's not too late, folks, if you want to come and see us. Uh, we haven't had any custard creams yet. No. That, we forgot to add that at the start of the podcast. I, I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm a little bit... We No, to be fair, we had a lovely lady yesterday who bought us some brownies, and they were... Oh, that's true. Amazing. And so, so many, many thanks to her. Also, we should do a shout-out to Camille. She is a mm-hmm. supporter of ours. Yep. Um, uh, she has donated to the podcast, and she came up. And what a lovely lady she we was. We had a lovely chat with her. Oh, lovely. And I, yep. I really hope your garden grows really well this year and you enjoy it. And thank you for supporting us and listening to us. So, yes, that's a bit of a shout-out to Camille. But, yes, we're on this hummock, and we're looking over the show site. Most of the punters have... Actually, I think all the punters have gone. Uh, so this is quite a nice time for us mm. to survey the area because it's been pretty busy. This is the second year that uh, Gardener's World uh, live team have put on the fair, spring fair, at Bewley. But last year it was COVID restricted. So they only had 4,000 people. This year I think they've sold something like 14,000 tickets already. Great. So it's been a bit of a, yeah, a bit milling. Yeah. Lots of people. We're very lucky. The gardens are actually just about a 10-minute walk away. So we've been in the, the calm, serene We are the hidden part. gem. But I tell you what, just from looking from where we are, there's lots to see. What's nice is the hummock divides the site into two. And what I would describe is one site is to come and look at gardens. There's all these showcase gardens, some lovely uh, displays, you, you know, not quite as big as the ones at the NEC, but, you know, getting on a scale, a bit like a um, beautiful borders plus, <laughs> I would describe yeah, them as. Yeah, that's a great way of describing Yeah, them. they're in raised beds and there's some lovely, lovely patterns. You can see one that's a very much uh, uh, a sort of dry garden, mm. sort of the kind of thing you would see on the coast. Well, look um, at that one with the slate over there. That's rather gorgeous. Oh, look at that. I like haven't a, seen that before. Like a, like a woodland, but with a sort of, yeah, geometrical slate patterns going through yeah. it. There's some quite large gardens over there. I can see one that actually looks like a... A proper garden. So there's lots of inspiration. Well, here. we when we came up on Thursday, which is a build-up day, um, I'm going to bang on about my veg. But I, we met up with the lovely Terry and John, yep. who have been putting together the plants and the stand for the National Vegetable Society. So any veg growers, there's a beautiful stand here. So any veg growers, please do come and have a look at that garden. It's rather delightful. I can actually also see a very fine life-size in fact maybe slightly more than life-size is that words or gamma aunt sally over there behind the oak tree it looks like a scarecrow it looks like my beard in reverse <laughs> which is interesting that's obviously that must be a school garden i suspect that would be that would be. be quite nice mm. to see so actually there's a nice mix in there contemporary proper gardens woodlands I can say if you come down, there's something definitely to see. Suit all tastes. Yeah. It's going to suit all tastes. And what's nice is, and I know we have to mention this because Lucy loves her food, but it's right next to quite an extensive uh, area of street food and different bits. I love my food. What about you? Oh, I'm just, you know, I just dabble. (laughs) You should see him at lunchtime inhale the stuff that comes our way oh, and at pe- breakfast I have to sit with him <laughs> opposite him at breakfast time it's not pretty I tell you there's a good brownie stall here if you can <laughs> find it but actually as you know at the NEC they have BBC Good Food on as part of the show they're two separate shows but they're together and you can mm-hmm. get in with the same ticket so this is part of the BBC Good Food on the road fair so they've got lots of really good food well the halloumi wrap I, rec- oh. I can highly recommend that from yesterday it was very fresh and zesty and then today we both had the duck wrap duck wraps yeah they the- were 
great. They were really good. Really and good. then there's brownies. There's all sorts of other stuff. There's Scandinavian food. Yeah. There's sausages. You haven't had the sausage yet here. What's Ooh, going on? That's tomorrow. Yes. That'll yeah. be tomorrow's lunch. And then on the other side of the mound, the, yes. the, the hummock we're sitting on is actually where you can go and buy your plants and your sundries and actually get those plants that you've just been inspired by. And what's really nice is that me and Lucy, very early on Friday morning, and this happens at all the shows, they have an early start because we have to go and assess uh, certain parts of the show. And we had the delight of assessing 26 yeah. floral displays done by the nurseries. They that were, were great. They were lovely things, weren't they? Yeah. 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 It took some time. We had to be on uh, our tours at 10 o'clock and we started at 8, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, it literally took to the wire uh, the two-hour period to do all the assessing. Um, and we've, we're given a criteria sheet and we're giving scores for certain um, criteria that either are met or aren't. And it's, you know, we... I th- the brilliant thing is, is that you and I, I don't know if you've noticed this, guys, but <laughs> you and I sort of know each other well enough to be a bit honest. Yeah, and if I think we're you're very talking blunt. Clap, trap, I will come out and tell you such. And if I want to fight my corner or you fight your corner, we do it. And it's, but we know we don't take offence. We just, we just like, so actually, uh, actually the assessing, I did, I found it really enjoyable. So thank yeah. you for that. I think the thing is with normal assessment teams, it's usually three or, or five mm. and they all come from others and they're all a bit, you know, trying to be polite to each other you and me <laughs> we can just say you're talking absolute and we're quite happy you and know the secretary lou was like oh you hello. can't say that you... to him <laughs> what she did say that we were a joy yeah so. because we can we we disagree and that's the point it's there mm-hmm. is a subjectivity to what we're looking at but it's very important that we come to a consensus and understanding of yeah. what we're seeing yeah and we uh, do you know what i felt like we did i was very happy with the the outcome of our assessing we were um, giving a first second and third prize out of these 26 uh, they were actually they were on a pallet because that was they were trying mm. to sort of limit the size and um, everyone has to then sort of fit that particular dimensions and criteria and then they use their creativity and imagination and plant um, positioning skills and design skills to create something that's eye-catching and attractive and outstanding so you know that that was um, a, a, an interesting way to, to assess it so, like I say, if you're happy to reveal the winners, that would be rather lovely. Yeah, so uh, the three winners were, and we'll go from third. Third, we had Ice Plants. That's an alpine nursery. Absolutely gorgeous double pallet, but actually they turned it into what would be an alpine trough, like mm. a scree bed. So yeah. lots yeah. of blocks running down the centre, gravel bed, and then lots of alpines planting in it. What was great about it is it actually gave you inspiration for how you would plant your alpines at home. Mm. So you could go and buy the plants from the stall and actually turn them into a real good scree alpine bed second is a good friend of mine because i've known them for quite a bit they've been doing that shows that's you. no I, you know, we no that's sure. true we don't take checks nope. uh, just big brown packages full of <laughs> wads of cash no. um uh, but they're regulars on both chelsea uh, hampton when i was the show manager so i've known them for quite a bit and that's hucraholics and uh, as the name suggests they grow hucras but also tyrella and uh, hucarella they grow and hucra very well they grow hu- the plants are always Phenomenal. always top quality so they're yeah. always here at top marks for quality but it's also quite creative they use a bench it was, it was lovely. And some hanging baskets, didn't they? Yeah, it looked really, really gorgeous. And yeah. then first place was, uh, I because we were so lu- we're so lucky in that we then get to come over and award these. Oh yes, that was to fun. the individual people that have done all the hard work. Uh, so 
I'll let you reveal who first place was, but it's uh, quite special. Yeah, and it's a, it's actually a relatively new nursery. They've been around for a, a few years now, but not one of the old established. So that's quite nice for one thing, because a lot of the old established nurseries will get first price because they can grow the plants. They've got big nurseries. They can yeah. grow show plants. They've been growing the ages. But this is a newish nursery, and that's Green Jam. And they specialise in perennials for all sorts of situations. But this time they were actually putting together a little display of the silvery sort mm. of white plants. Uh, quite a nice case of design and that was the point it actually blended in so well so it didn't although it didn't have a standout moment the fact was that the whole product was cohesive and that's what we're looking for in a floral display oh it, the container choice was lovely it was all galvanized but it wasn't just the same old galvanized bucket there was little watering cans there were squares there were buckets there were all sorts of shapes there were troughs and so that attention to detail had gone in there and the plant selection like you say it was actually sort of in a way understated Very, and i think sometimes yes. to have that control when you're putting together a, a flowering display is is a skill a real skill in itself plant quality was absolutely fantastic her sales area because we also mark the sales areas well that gets 25 uh, percent of the marks that was uh, absolutely wonderful so uh, and you know the joy on her face when we gave her the award she won a bottle of Prosecco? Or is it champagne? It's probably champagne. Probably champagne. A bottle of, she won a bottle of champagne, a glass vase, um, a lovely um, certificate and a plaque as well, which hopefully will go pride of place in their home. And she was just beaming. It was, you know, we, we revealed it to her. She had no idea that she won. So to, to be in that privileged position and, and give someone that kind of like joy and reward for their hard work was just so... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It is a fun part of the day. I know it's a long day for us on the first day, but actually... Being able to award someone who's really grateful for that is really nice. And there's 26 really good nurseries here, all mm. the way from shrubs, alpines, perennials, succulents. Matt Soper from Hampshire Carnivorous is here with all his little carnivorous plants. Rob Hardy. Yeah, Rob Hardy's yeah, here. Yeah, a lovely chat with Rob. Two Acer nurseries, which are absolutely beautiful. Some hosta nurseries. So there's all sorts of range of plants. Mm. And I've been given a tip all week while I've been doing the tours to say, this is great. It's great to have this choice of plants just be a bit careful that you're not buying too many uncomplimentary plants when you go home and they don't work. Use fairs as a way of researching as much as buying. We all want to buy, we all want to take something home, but it's a great place to come and research plants, not just from the displays of the gardens, but also just coming in to talk to the people about their plants. What conditions do they like? What do they work well with? The really great thing about the Green Jam display is it was a range of plants put together that actually demonstrated something you could get away with in a little corner of a, yeah. of a border or something. But you're trying to make people exert self-control, so that's not <laughs> the point of coming to a gardening show. People want to spend money, have a fun day. Do you know what my advice is just go for it <laughs> um, we need to also talk about another law for the show which is the wonderful gardening celebrities that come here what you every and me day. well yeah oh. you and me uh, but um, maybe slightly higher up the ranking than you and my very high would be uh, now these people have already been so adam frost, frost was here yesterday. frosty as we like to call him yeah. was here on friday he dared me to heckle him and i didn't and uh, adam if you are listening at all uh, i'm sorry i bottled it but i i was a bit nervous uh, <laughs> and so we had a lovely chat with adam we're so lucky to be able to um, be in the same vicinity as these folks and they're lovely and friendly today was joe swift swifty yep. uh, we had a, a lovely <laughs> chat at lunchtime with joe he came into the kitchen garden at um, 11 and 3 and gave a lovely chat to the visitors there and tomorrow it is francis top hill top hill lee yeah. no yeah. that doesn't work at all top hill well maybe she might like that i don't know 
But yeah, so if you want, like I can say, if you want to come tomorrow and meet Frances, she's very knowledgeable. She's a lovely lady. Uh, you can, like I say, you can you can just almost have a one-to-one with them. They, you know, they are walking around the showground. They've got these little celebrity chats that they do at eleven and three each day. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a real treat for everybody as well. But don't forget Matt. Now, no, Matt oh comes gosh, to all these would. shows, and I've got to say, he's a He's going to hate this because I'm going to call him the Plantsman's Plantsman. No, he will hate, <laughs> He'll that. hate that. Delete that bit. <laughs> so it's Matt Biggs, and you might know him from Gardener's Question Time, various books, lots of things that he does. But he's such a nice, generous man. We see him at most of these flower shows. We're good friends with him. Mm. Uh, he has a good time. Uh, he has such a good knowledge. He works, good, so, uh, he works hard. so hard. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we have to support him. We we buy him a drink, keep him propped up yeah. in the evenings. But he does do a phenomenal job comparing the stage, yeah. talking about the plants, keeping people pepped up. Um, so it's really nice to see Matt. And like you say, it's nice to see Adam. Good, been good friends with Adam for a bit. Nice to see him too. We don't know Joe so well, but he, he's you know, a generous. Chap. I've interviewed Joe before and yeah. I pulled his leg about his football team. I don't think he quite knew where the interview was going, but <laughs> luckily he's a man of good humour. And, and ho- yeah, hopefully we'll see Francis tomorrow. Well, also the Gardener's World magazine editorial team are oh, here as well. Let's course. give a shout out to them because they are lovely guys. Yeah. Kevin, uh, Emma. Uh, Emma was here today. Kevin was here on Friday. And we've got Lucy Hall, the editor of Gardener's World magazine, here tomorrow. So if you want to meet with them, they're wonderful, friendly people. They're very knowledgeable. I'm sure they would be very happy to say hello to you as well. Yeah, so like we said, loads of tickets left. Uh, it's just walk up if you want to and buy them. And I believe, yeah, a few tickets left to come and see us in the in the Plant Expert tours. But bring I tell biscuits. you what, yeah, you bring biscuits but and you won't regret uh, a day out here at Bewley. With today's podcast at an end, we hope we've given you a glimpse into our respective gardening lives. Spring is such an incredibly crucial time in the garden, so stick with us over the coming episodes as we guide you through the key tasks of the season. Whether it's propagating seeds, planting up borders, thwarting weeds or wielding those secateurs, we'll ensure your gardening season remains on track with our guidance and encouragement. And if you've enjoyed listening to us, we'd love you to leave a review via your preferred podcast provider or on one of our social media platforms. Interact with us via our Twitter accounts, at GardeningSaul and at HeadGardenerLC. Lucy is also over on Instagram, again, HeadGardenerLC. If you feel so inclined, you can even support us at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingheads. Your support would mean so much to both of us. Spring offers some of the most exciting transformations. Within weeks, the muted landscape around us will become evergreener and more floriferous. We are in for an utter treat. So until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye. goodbye.